Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast mini-sode. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight. And joining me is the man, he's no myth, he's simply a legend. It's a statesman to my kingsman. It's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. What is up, Matt? (laughs) Not much at all, my man. Been looking forward to doing this show since the last one, because I think the last one was so good, I can't wait to talk some film. That aside, not too bad. Disclaimer for all you bampers out there, there is a huge spider underneath the sofa I'm sitting on. So if you hear me squeal at any point, it's because it's run out. Hopefully it won't do, um, as I will humanely kill it, he says. Uh, How are you doing anyway, my man? Uh, No spiders that I'm aware of, at least. Um... (laughs) But you know, it's been uh, it's been kind of crazy here in Florida because we were under the fear of Hurricane Dorian, who mm-hmm. uh, tore up the Bahamas, and then we we got very very lucky, and it it decided to just like skate by the coast instead of uh, coming straight for us, which was the original destination that we were told, and so we didn't have uh, school for the last two days. Plus, Monday was Labor Day, so we already had a three day weekend. It ended up being a five day weekend with minimal rain, um, no wind, and. Uh, yeah, just you know, a lot of um, extra time, which is good and bad. It's always nice to have a, an extra day off, I suppose. Of but at the same time, you know, like I like being in my classroom with my students and talking about movies. So now I got to like readjust some lesson plans and and all of that. But, you know, good, good overall. Well, we, we can use this as a kind of pseudo classroom of sorts to talk about film. So I'm glad yes. that you guys missed out on a hurricane. Obviously, anyone in the Bahamas, I hope nobody's affected by that. And I hope everything is... Just swell over there. but So as you guys know, as you listen, and if you don't, if you're new to the show, we run the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast monthly, and it is bloody awesome. And John and myself, we review the month just gone in films. Uh, so what we saw, the big releases, and anything else that came out. But on these mini-sodes, we talk about you know, film in general. Uh, specifically, trailers that have dropped, the major news, and any other business as well. And these run fortnightly. So be sure, be sure to subscribe and check us out. But without any further, should we talk some trailers, JB? Yeah, uh, this was a good week for trailers, so definitely let's get into them. Joker. So we have to set a little bit of a tale before we talk about the trailer that just dropped. The new trailer for the Joker. It's been, what, like about a week now? Yeah, give it a take, yep. Um, I am a major fan of Batman. And <laughs> if you've listened to any of our podcasts, I've definitely spoken about Batman, probably somewhere i i am a, a long time batman fan i'm going back to watching reruns of adam west when i was a kid in the 80s um same bat time same bat channel daily uh because of rerun beauty it was always on and i've been a batman fan since then and so the idea of this film bothers me to my very core because it is a joker origin story which already puts up red flags mm-hmm. because the mystique of the joker is one of the best qualities of the joker look at how heath ledger's joker alludes to his backstory but it's always different in the dark knight and it's one of the best parts about it is because when he starts to tell the story you think he's going to tell the same story and he doesn't and that's such a uh it's different in the comics but it's also still traditionally we we only know vague things and yes there is um the red hoods story and and the whole comedian element and (laughs) it's fine and i like that version of the book and the killing joke um when it's referenced However, the idea of a Joker existing without a Batman, I can't. I am having a very hard time getting past. So my reaction to the trailer is mixed. Um, that part of me refuses to accept this can be good. That's I, interesting. I just, 
yeah, I, I cannot get past that when I look at it. However, um, I love Joaquin Phoenix, even though I was not a fan of You Were Never Really Here, which you and I agree on. However, we, we are in the minority amongst uh, critical opinion of that film. Um, but I still like him in every, pretty much everything I've seen him in. Uh, maybe the exception signs. I don't love him in signs, mm-hmm. at least from what I remember. Um, but I, I like what he's doing in this trailer. I like the idea of it being kind of um, reflection on how uh, poorly our me- our mental health system is in our country, even though this movie, I think, is set in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but uh, I love his laugh. I think it's a really good Joker laugh. It, it kind of reminds me of Cesar Romero in the in the old Adam West Batman. Um and even maybe a little of a um, Mark Hamill in, in the animated series, just this like big, you know, punctuating laugh. It just steals the scene. But uh, I still, I, I still don't quite understand what the plot is. Um, I'm wondering is is the crime, you know, the clown prince of crime, going to become the third act only? You know, like when is mm-hmm. he going to make the transition? I, I have I have a lot of questions about this film that the trailer only makes uh, more uh, dominating. So um, overall, I am intrigued, but I'm super apprehensive again, uh, as the beloved Batman fan that I am just, I don't know how this can work uh, without Batman. A book, man. You've actually brought up a interesting point for me there, because like probably most people or certainly uh, people who critique films like we do going into a trailer I always want to try and work out what the plot is. Does this trailer give me any idea of what the film is going to be about? And do you know what? I was so enamoured by what I was watching with this trailer, because I really dug this trailer, that thinking about it, I actually have no idea what it's about, other than, obviously, the decline of Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. Joker. We see him as a a guy who clearly needs help, or clearly is is suffering. However, the world around him fails him, essentially. Uh, uh, and he will decline to become, as you mentioned, a clown prince. But then what? Because as you say, there's no Batman, or apparently there's a young uh, white Bruce Wayne, apparently I've heard, um, but there's no mm. Batman in this film, because this is a standalone, which I love the idea of just a good old standalone comic book film. No no, uh, no uh, universe tie-ins, it just exists in it by itself. But, yeah, what's it about? The origin story... Uh, I get exactly what you're saying because because Chris Nolan described Heath Ledger as absolute. He just he was just a guy who came out of nowhere to do what he wanted to do. He didn't need a backstory. That was the, that was the mystique of him. In terms of the origin story, from what I did get out of this trailer, it feels like a more natural origin story. I think it was the director himself, uh, director Todd Todd Phillips. Yeah, Todd so. Phillips came out and said, you know, they didn't want him to fall into bleach, have him come out with white skin and green hair because that wouldn't work and it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. So I like the fact that they're kind of toning that in and making this kind of more real world feel. But yeah, I'm still not sure what the story's about. I love the colour palette. I thought it looked really understated and muted. Uh, agree on Whacking Phoenix. You were never really here. Wasn't a fan of, but he was excellent in it. And I think he's one of the best actors out there today. I don't think he really ever really puts a foot wrong. But I like the fact this is a serious looking film. It's a one-off, it's a standalone one-shot that we know of. And that is, it's taking yeah. this story, this character that we already know in different iterations and seemingly doing something slightly different with it. And if the reviews are to be believed, it's a knockout. Most people are saying it's fabulous. There are others who are 
saying it's not quite what other people, not quite seeing what other people are. But Venice gave it a standing ovation. There's the the now the cries for uh, Oscar Gloria coming out. We haven't seen the film yet. We're probably, I will I will uh, hold back on any kind of hyperbole or opinion till I actually see the film. But for, judging from the trailer, it certainly looks a little bit more highbrow than I was expecting. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm again. I, I'm in. I actually hadn't heard the critical stuff. I didn't realize people had seen it. Yeah, in Venice, um, it premiered a couple of days ago, and it got the stat. It got the usual kind of eight minute standing ovation. But people were absolutely raving about this film. I think it's a currently. I think it's eighty eighty nine percent on RT so far, which is obviously nothing to be sniffed at. But it's people are using it's it's a it's a tossed out word, but people are using the word masterpiece. But quite a lot of people are saying that. Not everyone wow. though. That's strong, though. I mean, that's you people know, people are calling for best early... picture for best actor. Man, okay. Well, I, I still, and, and I'm okay if it's not a traditional comic book mm-hmm. movie, but I am curious to see if that's going to be what, why, because there is, especially in the critical community, there's a lot of hate that's slung at comic book films, um, especially the DC ones, which I, I'm not innocent of. The DC ones have been lackluster for the most part, but um, yeah, I. I, I want it to be great. Um, I, I generally, I think most movies that I see, I want to be great. Um, you know, especially when I sit in front of it. But I am, I'm wondering if I can personally disconnect myself from the existing property and embrace what this movie is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Can, like, can I separate myself from my own affection for a character that I've said out loud many times that I think is the best written villain period like in any medium ever I, I think the joker is one of the most interesting characters ever crafted and is easily one of my favorite villains so like there's a lot this movie has to do to to make me be on board with what it's doing because i think the relationship with the batman is so crucial to the character that it it being separated from it is worrisome to me but again Hopefully, I will feel the same way as so many other people, and I can look at it as just a film with a new character. Um, I do wonder why it needed to be the Joker, though. Like, could they not have come up with a – you know what I mean? Like, it's Mm. it's simply because of the brand recognition, but if you're not going to really tie it into anything Batman, why couldn't he have just been, like, some crazy guy, you know – Clown guy, I think you, you know said it yourself. Like, it's it's direct. It's bragged recognition that's yeah. going to get people interested in talking about it. I guess correct. And I, I wouldn't say jumping on any kind of wagon, but if it was just like clown guy, it wouldn't have yeah. that recognizable IP. That comic book films, which obviously now they are well, they've been in for a long time now. But obviously with the success of what Marvel has been doing, why you know I guess the question would be why wouldn't they do something like Joker. Yeah. I mean, the, the cynical studio side think, of me. Think of how interesting it would have been if this was just called The Comedian, which I know there's a few movies called yeah, The yeah. Comedian. But, and then it, even if it turned out to be a Joker origin story, but like, what if they hadn't marketed it as that? Um, I mean, we would, I think once you see the trailer, you would start to like, is that the Joker? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously in this trailer, he says, call me the Joker uh, or introduce me as the Joker. But let's say that you wouldn't show that in the trailer. Um, you know, it could have been a really interesting, like, like M. Night Shyamalan level twist had they decided to do that and obviously they don't want to do that because they want people to come see the movie and if it's a movie like The Comedian versus a known property but of course they are going to still get backlash because it's a known property because he is a beloved villain and a beloved character um you know if it's not 
like critics might be loving it, but will the fandom yeah, be, be receptive to it? Yeah, and you know, like the Snyderverse fans are gonna go <laughs> have their take on it because there are those who have really like sided with with Snyder on everything. So released a um, Phillips cut. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is the same guy who did the Hangover trilogy, of course. Let's not forget that. But he also yes. did the very decent War Dogs for a few uh, a few years ago, so I quite enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't dislike War Dogs. No, so I'm interested to see. This. Will it be? Uh, will, it's, uh, the big million dollar question is: If this does get nominated for Best Picture, could it be seen as more deserving than Black Panther? We don't know because we haven't seen it. But my mind already says yes, despite the fact that I really really enjoyed Black Panther. Um, so that's Joker. Another recognizable IP is coming back. However, this one's had a lot of crap fest along the way. But now, James Cameron is back for Terminator Dark Fates. In fact, they're bringing everybody back. Linda Hamilton's coming back. Not a surprise that Arnie's back. I think it's important to note, too, though, that it's not he's not directing. He isn't directing it, but he's putting his name all over the marketing, which always worries me when a producer Mm -hmm. gets a bigger credit than... Uh, the director. It happened a lot on the James Gunn film recently, Brightburn. He didn't direct that film, but you'd be mistaken for believing that he did, because his name was yeah. all over the packaging. Um, I So this trailer, as you can expect, well, it, well, it's a synopsis. The film, take, the film is a direct sequel to T2. I'm sure you guys already know that. And this mm-hmm. trailer makes absolutely no bones about making that very clear very early. This, uh, as opposed to Joker, I thought this actually gave a good idea of the story. It was exposition heavy, but... We know we hear what how Sarah Connor, how her exploits in T two, what how they changed the world or didn't change the world, um, and it opens with Sarah Connor's Linda Hamilton, and a character called Grace played by the wonderful Mackenzie Davis, and they open things mm. up with a cool little brawl. Before we move on to a very action heavy trailer, and there are some cliches throughout, and uh, especially in Linda Hamilton, so Sarah Connor uh. saying. Yeah. I'll be back. Fine, I can let that one slip. But there are some cool moments. I will say that Sarah Connor looks badass in this. I really do think she does. Arnie looks fine. There's a little, there's a little tete-a-tete between them where she says, "When all is over, I am going to kill you," and Arnie just says, "I understand," which makes me think yeah. we're going to get some kind of final showdown between them. Uh, as in terms of the trailer, though, I th- I thought it was quite a good trailer. I am still very wary because everything after T two, for the most part has been not very good to the point where I've been thinking this franchise is dead and buried in the water. Dark Fate, there will never be a there will never be a, you know, defining end chapter because they'll always they can always roll stuff out. However, I think Dark Fate if this if this can't get it right, bringing back Sarah Connor and having a uh, direct sequel, if this doesn't get it right, you know, they have to nail the nail the coffin shut on this now because there's how many more times can they go? Yeah. I'm interested yeah, to see it's... what the the FX is going to be like, to be fair, as well. Because T2 was lauded for its effects way back when. I'm just interested to see how the effects look, how immersive do they look. But, as a trailer, when I watched it, I'm not going to lie, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, but uh, what about yourself? Um, I think it's much better than their first trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one goes heavy on the action yeah. and a little too much on the comedy. Um the the line at the end of the trailer when she says I'll be back was too much um, on the nose yeah <laughs> yeah it's like look don't don't be so self referential like yes we all remember when Arnold said it and they've I'm pretty sure they've dropped that line in the other it, sequels yeah. um it's like but, Star Wars I've got a bad feeling but not quite as cool yeah yeah and, and I I 
it's been a while since I've watched T2, but I loved T2 when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, great movie. Um, I, I've never seen T3. I haven't seen uh, Salvation. I did see Genesis. I managed to, like... Is, am I right? Is that all there is? Did I leave one out? T3, um, that other one you mentioned in Genesis, Salvation. yes, with yeah. uh, Emily Clark, yeah. I've, I've seen uh, Genesis, and that's it, outside of those other sequels. Um, I'm definitely glad that this one has decided to like forget those. <laughs> yeah, it has, yeah. Um, but it, this is now a trend, I guess, in Hollywood, where we're just retconning movies, because um, we just had the Halloween retcon, where it dropped everything yeah. after the first one, and uh, now we've got two more coming, and that you know, storyline path or whatever. And they were going to um, do it with the Alien fr- uh, franchise as well with uh, Neil Blomkamp, but they never got around to doing it. Yeah, and I was under the impression that's still in production, but I don't know if it is. Uh, I think it's pretty um, much dead, I think, now. Okay, well, you know, I don't know, because I, I, I like Covenant, but I, I'm not that big of a Terminator fan at this point. You know what I mean? Like, especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked Mackenzie Davis in, uh, in Tully last year. Yeah, like, yeah. a whole lot. And, you know, Linda Hamilton hasn't done anything recently. She was great in the first two Terminator movies, though. Um, that's all I really remember her from, to be completely honest. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm definitely not sold on the premise of the film. Um, and also, I have vocally been... I, I think James Cameron is slightly overrated. Yeah, we've, um, we've discussed that, haven't we? Yeah, and I definitely <laughs> think his story is overrated. Like, I think, you know he makes really awesome technical films. And I think a lot of times he just foregoes story for the technology. And some people are okay with that. That's why avatar made so much money. I think avatar is garbage and I will stand by that. (laughs) Um, uh, But I do like the Terminator films a lot. The first two, especially. Um, And I like aliens a lot. Uh, You know, Cameron connection there um, should be noted, but I am uh, I'm apprehensive about this new Terminator film, but I, I guess I got nothing else to say about it. You kind of covered exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like it's not a it's not a bad trailer by any means. It does not sell me on the premise. I am intrigued a little bit because uh, Mackenzie Davis's Terminator appears to believe herself to be a human. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't recall ever being a, a thing they've done with the other robots. Again, I've missed two not of to the that five extent. Movies. No. Yeah, where they and then the the big question about Arnold in this film is. Is he a Terminator, or is this the human that the Terminator was based off of? Because this guy appears to have aged. He has, like, you know, gray hair. Um, and I, that was not my original question. I don't remember where I heard that, but someone else had brought it up on That's some podcast. Good point. But, yeah, like, is he the – maybe, like, the guy who creates the, the, the android or the robot sort or whatever? Blade Runner, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so that is uh, – it's especially because she says, I'm going to kill you. And his response to me felt like like a human being empathetic. I, I understand. You know? yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I guess uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm ambivalent. I, I will watch it, of course. But yeah, I'm not like you. I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, other than the the first two. But hell, we'll see. We'll see. That's the best thing I can say. Well. Next up, uh, The Aeronauts, which is a new Amazon original, which is going to be one of those uh, same-day, I think it's same-day streaming and in theaters. Or I think so. Amazon's been better about um, like giving like maybe a two-week theatrical run or something before they post it on their, their uh, streaming service, unlike Netflix, who seems to only – like they want same-day. Um, so it's hard to tell what Amazon's going to do. I had not really heard of this movie until I looked at our show notes today – 
And I was like, well, I better look at what this trailer is. <laughs> um, uh, and it, it looks okay. It looks very fake, I think, as far as, like, the CG. It doesn't look bad, but it's also – it doesn't look like they're, they're on any real it's stuff. But it's a, it's a – yes, that's a great way to say it. Uh, a, a cast that I like uh, for the most part, Felicity Jones won me over uh, with Rogue One, but even more so – I love a monster calls. Oh yeah, and I thought she was so good in that. Um, and she was fine last year in the uh, when she played Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, didn't love that movie, but I didn't think it was her fault. I just thought it was kind of okay yeah. as a film, um, especially with the really great documentary that came out earlier <laughs> that year. It was like I'd rather watch the documentary again. Um, Eddie Redmayne is up and down. There are some really great performances. Sometimes he's really, really big and crazy. Uh, then we get Himesh Patel, who was just in um, the Danny Boyle uh, yesterday, yesterday, which I've pretty much forgotten already. Um, much like he forgot, he remembered the Beatles. <laughs> I've forgotten that movie. Um, and then a bunch of other people who I'm not super familiar with. I don't know the director, Tom Harper, but it looks intriguing. Um, I was surprised, though, because part of the film and mentioning how it looks fake, I thought it was going to be like a fantasy story. But it appears to be like set in real world um to a degree at least i don't know if it's i don't know anything about this premise at all uh if this is based on like based on a true events apparently yeah okay that's what i got the vibe from but it didn't at the same time like i don't know the story Mm -hmm. um yeah so meteorologist and i mean god like the stuff we're making movies out of they're like do we really need to see like the origin of meteorology, like is, and, and how 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 what, weather is predicted? Yeah, yeah, like I don't, and that people were resistant to it. Like we're not psychics. It's like we don't want change or you know, advancements. Bloody hell! Yeah, so I'm like, I guess I don't know. Um, not one I'm super excited about. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look super engaging. Uh, it does look like it's gonna try to be harrowing. Like we're gonna like, are they gonna make it? Mm. And that that feels kind of torturous. I I don't always like the the isolation movies, you know, where like Castaway yeah, yeah. or uh, Adrift or something, uh, Life of Pi, you know, where it's like we're just going to be stuck with these two people as we ponder if they're going to survive or not. Um, sometimes they're really good, and I do like Life of Pi. Uh, and I need to revisit Castaway. I saw it when I was a kid and didn't get into it, but um, yeah, that's my take on the Aeronauts. Do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, pretty similar. You mentioned a vibe. I. Well, I wasn't sure what vibe they were going for because it starts off to be kind of like a, like you say, a resistance type film where um, they were kind of Felicity Jones' character was fighting against the patriarchy who couldn't, believe, who didn't want you know her type, as they say, yeah. on board this kind of thing. They didn't believe she could do it, and then it kind of kind of uh, folds into this kind of will they, won't they, not thriller. But like you say, they're aiming for something more. You know, they're they're in they're in the sky above the clouds in this hot air balloon, and ah, one of them's inexplicably fallen out, or one's climbing on top of it, and ah, they've slipped. I mean, it's the the tone goes from light, bouncy, and literally visually light to darker and grey as they're up in the sky, and you know things take a turn for the worse. I wasn't quite sure what where they were going with this. Now the reason, I, I mean, this piqued my attention because of Eddie Redmayne, Felicity Jones, two actors who I very much enjoy, though I agree on your kind of uh, summations of them. Eddie Redmayne, I think, is a fabulous actor, but you know, he is up and down depending on which roles he picks. But there was the theory of everything link here, and I thought that film was magnificent, especially Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, of course, and that's where he won his Academy Award for. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought the trailer looked okay, pretty much the same as you. 
I didn't sit there and jump off my chair thinking I need this now. But I also didn't think I'm going to give that a miss. The fact that it's on Amazon Prime helps, I think. I wouldn't be too keen to rush out and watch this. Not as a dismissive thing, but hell, these streamer services are made for this reason. They pick up films which may not get a particularly substantial theatrical release, put them on the streamer services, and people, and a wider audience may see them, and people like myself, and potentially you and our listeners, may be more inclined to watch it, because they haven't actually got to get up and go out and watch it. But as for the Aeronauts, I thought it was all right. Yeah, yeah. And that's all we have to say about that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Another film which kind of flew under my radar... And I've only come to sit there and know of it recently. Shame on me. It's the laundromat, especially when you see the talent involved. Steven yeah. Soderbergh is directing Streep, Oldman, Banderas, two academy, uh, well, multi academy award winners in terms of Streep. Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas are leading this film. It's uh, apparently it's based on real shizzle. Apparently, I I will keep my language clean. <laughs> Kerns in the trailer. It's not what the trailer says. I've got a Logan Lucky type vibe from this. Obviously, Steven Soderbergh as well. Um. It's essentially about two guys in the uh, who in Panama, which is uh, old Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas, who are lawyers who basically manage to scam people out of money to make themselves and their clients like filthy rich. Yet nobody knows anything about them, uh, and it's kind of the mystery about where the money actually goes. And in the trailer, they even say, "We don't know where the money is half the time. All we know is we get rich, we're rich, but we don't know where the money comes from or where it goes." So, I. Straight up, I, this film looks hit or miss for me. I don't care about the mm. talent. I've mentioned the talent. It's, I'm not going to let that blind my vision. I didn't think the trailer was excellent. I wasn't overly sold. I thought yeah. it looked okay. Like I said, I got a Logan Lucky vibe, mainly for the kind of uh, bonkers feeling of the trailer and this choppy, ed- the Soderbergh sort of fast-paced editing. But I don't know. It, regardless of the talent, I'm not overly excited about this one, mate. I, I am because I've I've kind of on a kick of Soderbergh. Um, That's fair enough. It's really weird. I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but I like I really enjoyed Unsane, and then I really really liked last year's um, High Flying Bird. That was the Netflix original yeah. where he shot his two movies that he shot on iPhones. Um, I find him amusing as a, a filmmaker because he's like when he gets into something he like dives in like with the he loves the iphone thing because it's easy like setup and he can do a lot of stuff really cheap um and i like i haven't seen some of his big movies like i've never seen traffic um i haven't seen out of sight which is like a beloved That's george true. clooney film that I, I own and haven't watched i haven't seen limey um i haven't seen uh uh man there's another well sex lives and videotape which came out when i was a kid so it wasn't appropriate for me to see then and i've never <laughs> gone to it but like I'm, I'm gonna try to make an effort. I'm really late on Oceans. Like I saw that real recent, like in the last three years for the first time, and I loved that. I haven't watched Twelve or Thirteen, um, Oceans Twelve or Thirteen. Uh, I, I actually think Magic Mike is a pretty solid movie. I didn't, I didn't realize he made it. Aaron um, Brockovich, Lucky, fun. I did see Aaron Brockovich when that came out. That was just one of those every. I think it, it like kind of saturated the culture. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Um, and Solaris, I watched last year for Movie Club. Yeah, which, another Clooney film, yeah. Yeah, and I found it interesting. Um, so I'm kind of on board with him. The thing that pushed, kind of took me off of this film is it feels like Big Short and Vice. Um, like with yeah. one, because of the true life connection. Two, because we have what appears to be the villains kind of talking to the camera. Like they're going to explain what they've done. Like uh, Gary Oldman appears to be like the evil lawyer kind of thing. Um, 
And I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, I don't know if, like, one, it's Soderbergh doing what someone else has done. He's pulling someone else's shtick. And that could be problematic. Um, and two, like, I like The Big Short a lot. I was not as into it in Vice. I thought maybe one or two of McKay's scenes were okay in Vice. Like, with when he does that kind of, like, break the fourth wall, explain it, like, with the steaks, ordering steaks mm-hmm. at the restaurant. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, that gets me nervous because that's not a Soderbergh style. Like, you watch High Flying Bird, and it's a very much a movie about, like, the NBA and how they kind of screw over uh, their players and stuff. But he doesn't break away from it the way this movie looks like it's going to. So I, I'm... The trailer made me apprehensive with the storytelling, and then the the critical reception so far is not great. If I recall, I think it was like a 63 on Metascore. 59, sorry. 59 wow. on Metascore. With only 11 reviews in, so I mean it's still really, really early. But you, you have Meryl Streep, who's almost always great, regardless of the script and regardless of what the movie is. But then you have Gary Oldman, who is very, very hit or miss. Like, he can be amazing, and he can also be way over the top and awful, you know? And Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. Oh my! Uh, exactly. That's and then, Keanu Reeves, actually, and that's the problem. He is the biggest problem in that movie. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was just bad casting. Winona Ryder's not much better in that movie either. His voice, man. Yeah, dude. The uh, <laughs> Inferno is one of my favorite bad that's line a, reads. Surfer dude, English boys. <laughs> yeah. The, the cast that really shocks me with uh, the laundromat is seeing David Schwimmer. Yes. Uh, like, what's he been in big? since friends like uh, without like he's done he's the giraffe in the madagascar movies but you don't have to see him he's not great he's in band like, of brothers i think he was in which i've so heard was a while ago but and that was a tv like yeah which there, was right? good but that was nearly 20 years ago wow i didn't realize it was that old 2001 um, i think yeah but yeah so I, i'm a little apprehensive that he's like one of the leads in this film um because i don't i don't think of him as a strong lead so no yeah i didn't realize that the uh reviews are out for laundromat it has isn't doing all I that i think it played well. at a festival if i'm not mistaken uh venice it was venice again it okay. was a uh, 64 percent on rotten tomatoes uh 59 metacritic so early reviews aren't great however there's still plenty of time for those to rack up yes but just something didn't grab i well, as soon as i saw who was attached to this i did get excited but i i just wasn't taken by this at all uh, speaking of Soderbergh films, The Informant is a film I think gets underlooked as well. Matt Damon in The Informant. I haven't Informant. seen that one either. Really I almost threw film. that out there, but yeah. I, I like Matt Damon a lot, so. Yeah, I like that film. But yeah, The Laundromat, I'll be I'll be interested to hear what we think about this because obviously you're slightly more into it than I am. Uh, yes. Maybe the moment, or I don't know if that will turn itself around or if it turns out that we are we both stay on the same side of the fence there. But I guess, and that is another Netflix original. For, that's, uh, actually good, that's a good show as well, yeah. Um, I'm interested to know when that comes out. Uh, I imagine it'll be coming out pretty soon, I'd imagine. Yeah, I would think so. Um, in theaters, it says, too, on IMDb, it says in theaters September 27th. 27th, so yeah. Now, I wonder if, if Netflix bought uh, a theater in L.A. so that they can put movies in it um, that are the Oscar, theirs yeah. and it and qualify for the Oscars because it'll have a theatrical run. Um but so I don't know if this in theaters means actual theaters or that one theater in, in L.A., <laughs> yeah. uh, but it will be on Netflix soon after, I imagine. So uh, I guess by the end of the month or so, we'll probably get another Soderbergh. Oh, I forgot uh, Wright's in this, too. Um, Jeffrey sorry, was, Wright. Jeffrey was, Wright. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, sorry, Jeffrey. I was just checking out the release info. Yeah, it's, it's uh, going at the Toronto Film Festival in four days' time. Festival I'd love to go to. If anyone out there from TV is listening, 
Give us some, give us, give us some tickets, man. We'd love to get some yeah, accreditation. For we'll that. do a live episode of of uh, Bloody Awesome if you send us, you know, to Toronto. I'll do uh, multiple live bamps every yeah, day. Yeah, we'll do this. every day that we're we get to hang out and share a hotel room and secrets and eat waffles and know. pancakes. Oh, I will not eat any of that. You can have. No, you the can't, can you? Yeah. No <laughs> keto waffles, uh, please. <laughs> I will eat all of the bacon that you that you don't eat with your waffles, which is a shame because I'm a baconator. I'm a bacon fiend. Ah. Yeah, who's not? I we mean, can share bacon. You know, we'll share bacon. We'll share bacon. We, we can share, like, Kevin Bacon, whatever kind of bacon. Exactly. Like. Whether we share right. the opinion of the laundromat. I think, actually, I actually think we're going to be pretty pretty down the middle on that one. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like Soderbergh enough, but let's get to the next film. I think I, I'm super pumped for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy in the Sky. I think I saw a trailer a few months ago, but then a new trailer just dropped. That definitely says a little more about the story. I'm a little confused by the trailer, to be honest, of what the story is. I guess the movie's going to open with her having already been to space and then her come back. I don't know if this is, again, maybe you know based on a true story or if this is just a fictional character. I think it's based based on a true story. It feels like it's based on a true story, but I don't know anything about the story. But the cast is crazy because you get Zazie Beetz, who I just think is amazing. Natalie Portman, who I usually think is amazing. John Hamm, who I love. I, I just don't think he gets enough great stuff to do. But every time he's in something, I, I just think he's amazing. Uh, sorry for using the word amazing so many times. Um, mm-hmm. Dan Stevens, I've liked in a lot of things. I'm a big Nick Offerman fan, so anytime I see him in something, I'm excited. Uh, apparently, Ellen Burstyn's in this she film. Is. Nana Holbrook, T- she plays. Tig Notaro, Coleman Domingo, who I've also enjoyed in a lot of movies. Um, I, I'm in on the cast alone. I don't know the director, Noah Hawley. I'm checking out to see what what he's done. I'm not so uh, familiar. Yeah, this, this might be his directorial. No, he's done five things, but it looks like all TV. This is his first feature. He's done Fargo and Legion on FX. It's not bad his first resume. Feature. No, um, although, uh, you know, and he, he looks like he wrote on both of those shows as well. So mm-hmm. um, I am intrigued, to say the least. This movie looks uh, kind of like a better version of First Man. Except, you know, First Man is, is showing Neil Armstrong. This is showing a, a woman astronaut. So right away you're getting a little bit of difference because in the time period she's fighting against misogyny and the system. Um, but also her dealing with uh, the aftermath of space travel and, like, mm-hmm. feeling this, you know, it's almost like PTSD is the vibe I'm getting from the trailer, right? Like, yeah, yeah, similar. How to, do yeah. you come back to Earth and deal with what you've got to see and – reckon with that um experience and nothing on earth seems to be doing it for her you know she needs something more and it's i don't know the trailer's interesting but again i'm not 100 percent sure exactly what we're getting because then there there is a part where it seems like john ham betrays her and she's going crazy uh i don't know i i like the whole thing I, i'm very excited to see this um i was excited for first man and severely disappointed by it which uh, it still bothers me. I, I haven't gone back to it. I'm hoping maybe if I try watching it again, maybe it'll resonate a little more. Um, it just it didn't, and I am such a uh, fan of um, wow Ryan Gosling. Apparently not, well, yes, Ryan Gosling, but I was going for Damien. Oh, Damien Chazelle, sorry, yeah. Uh, um, as I am a La La Land fanatic and mm-hmm. a Whiplash fanatic, but uh, First Man didn't do it for me. But I'm hoping Lucy in the Sky can. Well, yeah, I mean the the synopsis for this. As per Google, after an awe-inspiring experience in outer space, an astronaut returns to Earth and starts to lose touch with reality in a world that now seems too small. 
Now, when I watched yeah. the trailer, I didn't really get that vibe. That, you know, she lost entirely. touch with reality. It just seemed like she had gone to space, you know, experienced this quite literally out of this world experience, no pun intended, and then came back to Earth and then kind of thought, I want to go back up there. Kind of got the, you know, the need for speed. Wanted to go back up. That's, that's what I just saw as somebody who was driven to go back and experience it again, not because they were kind of losing touch with everything around them. But the film is loosely based on a female astronaut's um, it's actually a romantic involvement with another astronaut, which I'm assuming is the John Hamm storyline, uh, which leads into this. So it's kind of, kind of loosely based on another story. But I mean, I was drawn to this because Natalie Portman's in it, and I think she's magnificent. I really, really dig pretty much everything she's in, and in obviously recent years, things like Jackie and then um, Vox Lux. But I wasn't too keen on the film. I thought she was very good in it. Uh, beginning mm. of the year for for the UK anyway. I think end of. 2018 for you guys over there but um yeah i thought the trailer looked good it threw me off because of the synopsis i knew of didn't really play out in the film but i'm happy to see natalie portman and and john ham together in a film i think john ham's a good actor sazzy beats she's getting some good roles dan stevens solid actor obviously ellen burstyn she's in a little film i once liked always good, glad to see ellen burstyn come back uh, especially after she was so good in um that uh, Darren, Os- Darren Aronofsky film, oh, Requiem for uh, a Dream. For a Dream. I still and, think she's uh, magnificent in that. This is not her first space movie. She's also uh, is it Interstellar? in uh, Murph and in Interstellar. That's yeah. right, yeah. So I think it's a fantastic cast that they've got here. And I mean, again, the cast doesn't mean everything, but the talent is there to make this work. So I'm up to quietly optimistic. I mean, the trailer looked good. It looked better yeah. than you know average. I thought it was pretty damn good. But I'm still will it will it need to be sold on whether that synopsis rings true because I was expecting something slightly different, but that doesn't mean it's a bad trailer because my expectations weren't met. But I'm I'm all in for this. So uh, yeah, Portman, Ham, and the rest of them. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what you've got. Yeah, and then it looks like uh, you're on for the next one. We've got two more, two more. One which one which you may everybody's heard of, and the other one which you've also heard of, but it only dropped very recently. But the first one. Is uh is something a bit bonkers. It's Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi obviously leading this film. He's Taika Waititi is playing Adolf Hitler, which is how the probably, yeah. probably how the movie's going to be known. The Taika Waititi Hitler film. Yeah. Um, it was slightly jarring to see Hitler to start with because like this is still Hitler, regardless of how funny he is, it's still Hitler, and we all know the mm-hmm. story behind that guy. But in terms of the trailer, I was going to come out and say it. This looked fabulous. This trailer I thought was hilarious. There was a mm. the fun, uh, the tone of it was fun for the most part. It did kind of dip in the middle and go a little bit serious, but it drags itself back out again. Some of the some of the gags were great. Like the missile joke towards the end was had me in stitches. Yeah. And when they say it's not a good time to be a Nazi, I just like this is fantastic. So uh, it's about obviously a young boy and a Jewish girl and. We all know how the Nazis' views on that. It doesn't need to go into a history lesson on that one. But it's been getting a lot of traction, this trailer. It's been very, very popular and trending online and on YouTube as well. It's been getting a lot of hype simply because it's Taika Waititi is playing Hitler. And for the, obviously, the story, the narrative as well. But I thought this was really, really funny. Excuse me. I think this is one of the best trailers I've seen this, well, I'll say this month, but we've only, we're only a few days in. For the last, certainly for the last few weeks, and for the for the few mini shows we've done, 
In terms of what I got from the trailer, it's one of the best ones I've seen for a little while, but I thought it was great. Burkerman, what are you saying? Well, while I have not seen all of Taika's films, I am uh, the Hunt for the Wilder People, mm. big advocate for mm. what we do in the shadows, I love. Um, I Thor Ragnarok was my favorite Thor movie by far. And I heard about this film a while back because he's a director I follow, even though I, I still need to see some of his original stuff. I haven't seen uh, Eagle vs. Shark, I think is what it's called. I haven't seen that. Um, or The Boy, I haven't watched yet. Uh, but one, he is really good at casting children, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with both um, Hunt for the Wilder People. And then I know – while I haven't seen The Boy, The Boy is very much a young kid and what I've seen of it and what I've read about it the kid's phenomenal in the movie. So I think this kid, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, who's playing Jojo, which I did not realize that was the kid's name. Um, is uh, this is his only credit. And from the trailer, he seems to be doing an amazing job, which is crazy. Uh, now it should be noted while Taika is playing Hitler, he's not playing Hitler. He's playing this kid's imaginary friend. who happens to be Hitler. Um, and I, it doesn't, I don't think it outright says it and it, it's there if you pay attention to the trailer for sure, but I don't think it strictly says it, but, um, it's a kid who's, you know, he's growing up in Nazi Germany. He's a part of the, uh, Hitler's youth, the, the, what essentially would equate to Nazi boy scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's idolized the, the, the Fuhrer and it looks insane. Um, be, mm-hmm. but the thing that is great about it is because while that initial premise sounds really horrifying, especially in today's climate, especially here in America, um, the fact that uh, it appears that he starts to then question his allegiance to the Nazi party because of the the girl that the tri- the premise is talking about that he finds his mother's hidden a Jewish girl, um, which is where I really am excited about this movie as much as I love Taika. And I trust his ability to cast a kid we've never heard of and make him do great work like we got from Julian Dennison in Hunt for the Wilder People. Thomason McKenzie, um, I saw last year for the first time in Leave No Trace. That was a magnificent film. Yeah, such a great movie last year and such a great performance. So when I really – I'm looking at her and I'm like, she looks familiar. And then when I saw the name, I was like, oh, my God. Same here. Um, Very stoked about that. And then uh, she's – like she's so – passive in leave no trace and here she's got so much presence um in just the trailer i'm just like oh i can't wait to see what this kid's gonna do uh obviously love scarlett johansson love mm-hmm. sam rockwell cannot believe he cast rebel wilson <laughs> that is probably my biggest objection well, let's see what he does though because he seems to get yeah. the best out of people I'd, I'd hasten to say yeah um so i'm holding my breath on her in this movie but steven merchant i love when he shows up in anything he's always funny to me um and even this the little bit he gets in the trailer i thought he was hilarious so yeah i'm i'm in uh i am curious uh i feel like this movie's gonna get a lot of backlash um but without people seeing it i just think the trailer i haven't read anything i just feel like a movie where your protagonist is a a nazi youth (laughs) even if it's clear he's going to you know turn uh through the course of the film i i I just feel like it's going to get a lot of uh, like reactionary hate you yeah. know people who won't even watch the trailer just what he's playing hitler how awful you know a hitler comedy what's wrong yeah, with you such like is the world now yeah yeah so but who knows uh maybe not it feels like this week would have been the time to hear that kind of complaints i have really not but it just seems like a movie that's gonna get attacked because anytime you put nazis and comedy together you're gonna get some kind of backlash right like it's, yeah. it's just inherent 
Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bring to mind fun images when you think of the Nazi party no, without trying exactly. to underplay anything. Well, it, it debuts in Venice on Sunday the 8th of September, so very close now. Um, and what's also fun is this was obviously produced by Fox. Now it's being distributed by Disney, so that's cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Disney yeah. releasing this, it doesn't seem right, but yeah, I think yeah, I think this is going to be great. I like the idea of the cast, and including Webber Wilson, because anyone who's willing to take a punt on someone, who knows? Maybe she, she's playing something called Fraulein Ram, so maybe she'll be the same old stick she brings every time, in which case... Ugh, or maybe Taika will try something slightly different. Alfie Allen's also in there as well. So, it's again, it's a solid cast. The kids look very good. Yeah. You've got, they've got the big name of Scarlett Johansson. Sam Rockwell's an Oscar winner, so let's throw him in there. And Stephen Merchant, I mean, he recently popped up in Good Boys recently and was odd. But um, I, I really can't <laughs> wait for this film. For Don't forget that Stephen Merchant directed The Great Fighting With My Family from the beginning of the year. So there's every, um, every cloud. Yeah, so... But uh, I will point out too, though. Um, oh, I had something. Uh, I think it's gone. I had a thought. Oh, yep. Sam Rockwell. I love Rockwell, um, especially my my the performance that really won me over for him was the way way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been getting typecast as a racist a lot. You know what I mean? Like he was in uh, three billboards, three billboards yeah. and then he was in that movie that I, it seems like nobody saw from this year. I think that was like. Same vein of the Green Mile. It's, Best of um, Enemies or something like that, was it? Yes, yes, that's it. Something like that, if that's not the right title. But I did not see that yet. Uh, I haven't really heard it. It, it kind of came in and went, like, real quick. Um, and I think a lot of that was the Green uh, Green Mile. Not Green Mile. Green, what the heck is it called? Green Book. Green uh, Book, sorry. <laughs> well, when you're saying the Green Mile, I do think, well, that has got undertones to it, yeah. <laughs> he is in that, though, oddly enough. Uh, yes, he is. Sam Rockwell is in that, so weird <laughs> accidental connection I wasn't trying to make. I meant to say Green Book um, because I feel like uh, Best of Enemies or whatever got pushed down because of the backlash of Green Book. I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of talk about that film, that movie had a similar vibe in the trailers, so... I haven't seen it, but Rockwell, again, playing a racist, uh, the head of the, his chapter of the KKK, I think, is the, yeah, yeah. the trailers. Um, and now he's playing a Nazi. So it's like uh, Rockwell needs to get out of this like, <laughs> yeah. fast, he's getting typecast a little too into a dark area. Um, and he's a really funny actor when given the opportunity. So I don't know. But um, but yeah, that's I think that's probably enough of Jojo. Rabbit. Yeah. We, we got one more trailer. One more. Take it away, big man. All right. So here's the deal, Matt. Go on. I really like Bad Boys, like the first movie. Yeah. Um, despite it, it's probably my favorite Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anything that would even come close the to Michael Bay movies. Uh, no, definitely oh, not. Man. Uh, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Cage and Connery. I, I'll take Lawrence and and Smith uh, for sure. Um, Connery is interesting, but I wouldn't say it's a fake. I didn't realize it was a Bay movie actually. Yeah, he's done some movie. stuff that sneaks up on me. Like I, I do not like Armageddon. Um, have not seen his. He did Pearl Harbor, right? Yep. Yeah, haven't watched that. Not gonna. Um, I, I've seen most of his Transformer movies. The Bad Boys is definitely my favorite. Um, and it's it's solely on the. I love Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in that movie so so much. Um, I can still quote that film like it was a VHS I owned and rewatched too many times. <laughs> um, and I do not like Bad Boys too. But I have a special place in my heart for Bad Boys 2 because of Edgar Wright's affection for the film yes. in Hot Fuzz. Um, I am a huge Edgar Wright fan, as the listeners most likely know. And uh, Hot Fuzz literally pays homage to that and Point Break um, multiple times throughout the film. 
and and other action movies, but specifically, like, he shows clips of Bad Boys 2 and Point Break and then has Danny recreate those moments later (laughs) in the the movie. Um, So, you know, this movie has been rumored. Bad Boys for Life, which is essentially Bad Boys 3, has been rumored for a while. Um, Some of the stories I'd heard around it were that Martin Lawrence desperately needed this. (laughs) He needs a paycheck. (laughs) He needs a paycheck. Um, I'm excited to see they got Joey Pants uh, back in. Um, Joe Pantoliano is is still the police chief or captain or whatever, um, which I found fun. Uh, This trailer dropped today, and I was apprehensive, and I'm still apprehensive. I got to say, though, I'm a little excited. It is not directed by Michael Bay, though. It's uh, Adil El Aribi and Bilal Falah. And I am so sorry for butchering those. Um, But my biggest, like, negative on this trailer is Martin Lawrence looks real bad. He's missed out on some paychecks, but he hasn't skipped lunch. No, and but he doesn't look. It's weird because it's just his face, which yeah, makes me think it's probably cocaine. Like this, like it's something about it. It, it sticks because Will Smith doesn't seem to get any younger. Uh, no, older, sorry, excuse older, me, older, yeah, older, he of looks course, the same. But Martin Lawrence, again, no disrespect, but looks noticeably different. But I gotta say, it seems like that's built into the plot of this movie too, because <laughs> he's talking, he's going the Danny Glover lethal weapon route, and he's talking about retiring. I'm wondering if he's going to drop the "I'm too old for this" s line. <laughs> yeah. And then Will Smith is like still the same young cop he was in the first movie, just <laughs> shooting people and being, you know, rich guy. Um, so I, I don't know, but the trailer was fun to me. Um, there's the it's got some bad parts. It opens with the Michael Bay sweeping hero shot of him getting out of the Porsche. And then it ends on a joke with that opening scene. I, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, again, bad boys two went a little too crazy for me. Like I still never understood how they ended up in Cuba in that movie. Like I'm like, did they go underground? Are they implying there's a tunnel from Florida to Cuba under the ocean? Cause I couldn't tell what happened in that movie, but, um, I like the first one enough that I, I'm interested to see these characters again. Um, I, I don't know, man. What What are your thoughts? Um, I thought this actually gave me a Bad Boys 2 vibe, this trailer did, actually. Um, once I got past Martin Lawrence looking like that, um, I don't know. It looked fine. It looked good. It looked okay. It, in terms of actually visually... Like uh, you know, they gave us the the, the beautiful um, vision, the visual style. The colours look great. The purples are popping off the screen. Beautiful cityscapes, but I'm just not sure what to expect. It all looked a bit cliche at times. When when the guys are standing there on the balcony, one last time, one last time, all that kind of stuff going on. And and as you mentioned, Martin Lawrence's characters saying, obviously, um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about retiring. I'm going to retire. I mean, he's probably that probably is a conversation he had in his career about ten years ago. But um, I don't know. It looks it looks fine to me. I am on the same boat as you for this one. I thought Bad Boys was great. I thought it was great fun. And Bad Boys Two wasn't really for me. I didn't really like that no. film. Yeah. This okay. film, it, to be fair, if Bad Boys for Life comes out and it's just in between, it's neither as good as Bad Boys or as bad as Bad Boys Two. I'll be just fine with that. Uh, all joking aside, it's great to see Martin Lawrence and Will Smith back together again because I think those two pop well together. I think they're great together. So I'm all for going to see this film, whether it needed to be made or not. It's one of those questions which I don't like asking, but may need to be. But you know, it, you know, they're back with explosions. They're back with action. They look, you know, the, the two to, to two of them together are cool. So one last time, and again, of course, the the motto of this show is just the same. 
Ride together, die together. That's how me and Burke live. Yeah, right. So. Yep, bad boys for life. That's right. So I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. It didn't blow me away, but I got to admit, I wasn't. I'm not overly hyped for this film anyway because it's been so long. Yeah, and Bad Boys Two wasn't that great. I don't think it's been what? How long has it been? Fifteen years, maybe or something like that. Oh, uh, I don't even know. But yeah, it's it's been a while, and it, I, I will point. Out, I'm not overly hyped. But I'm way more hyped than I thought I was going to be when I saw the trailer drop. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, I I I, I think oh, oh like a broken record. It's one of those trailers that came out. Uh, I thought it was gr- fun, good fun watching it, but it hasn't actually got me any more excited for the film. Which, as far as I'm concerned, is what a trailer should do. If it, it hasn't budged my anticipation for the film, so uh, you know, watch this space, I guess. Yeah. Well. That is it for the trailer reactions, but next up we are into reacting. This is our movie news uh, stuff where we look at what's happened, big stories. Um, and I, I want to start off, uh, this first thing is uh, Robert Pattinson came out talking about his casting as Batman. Yeah. And as I spent a diatribe earlier in this film <laughs> talking about my love of Batman, I want to put it out there. I'm all in on Pattinson. Good man. Is that we're going to call oh, Pattinson? Um yeah, I mean, think about it first. Batman, he's Robert, Robert Pattinson, right? He's got like Robin and Batman built into his name. Yes. Like when you think about it that way, I I love Robert Pattinson. Um, had I told myself back when Twilight came out that I would ever <laughs> say that, I would have laughed. Uh, but I I've seen Good Time. I've seen I haven't seen a couple of his other ones. I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet, which I hear is really weird and crazy. Um, I haven't seen uh, Lost City of Zed. And so I've heard he's really good in that. He was great um, in that. I didn't particularly like the film. Lots of people did though. Um, but I I saw Damsel, which I thought he was really good in, even yeah. though I, I wasn't as hot on the film as some other people. I did like him a lot in it. High Life. Um, I still haven't seen High Life. That's going to be a, a late view for me, but um, I will see it before the end of this year. Um, I, I kind of it's going to end up being a movie club episode. We do our last month of movie club is uh through the cracks where we try to watch anything we missed from the year in yeah. film. And so I'm already planning on that one there. So I've like I'm not letting myself watch it until December, because um, I think it'll be a good podcast episode. So uh, yeah, but I like what he said in the article. I, I I'm excited. I didn't realize how big into Batman he was, and that makes me even more hyped because I love the idea of a of a an actor wanting the role, not because it's a role that you know you'll make money on, or it's a role that you. Um, you know, your agent thinks is a good business move. He clearly like the fact that he went into Reeves with like notes on the character, not knowing what the script was mm-hmm. kind of got me pumped up because I'm like, okay, he's already trying to like predict what role this is going to be. And Reeves seems to be taking this uh, super serious. And I love that too, um, because it's, it's a character that I, look what Nolan did with the character, especially the first two films of the trilogy. And again, we'll never get the what the third film should have been because he had plans that were not able to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think Nolan came to the character with a like a sense of seriousness, and as I, I know he didn't write the screenplay um, for the films, but you know Nolan has impact on the screenplays when he makes the films, yeah, yeah. and I think Pattinson and Reeves have a similar like interest in this in that way that they're coming at this with it's not just a superhero movie this is a an important character in in history period at this point he's not just a comic book character and I, i'm i'm excited for this movie i can't wait 
Yeah, I, I was uh, looking forward to what you had to say about this because of your affection for the character. And I love how he said that the backlash was actually a lot less than he, vitriolic than he thought it was going to be, which is actually a yeah. sad state of affairs when you think about it, where a guy is cast in a movie and he expects to be torn down for it. It doesn't really say much about our society, yeah. does it? I'm I, I, all in for this. Like you say, I think R. Pats is fantastic. And I'm apologies for calling him R. Pats. I can't get out of the habit, but... And things like the rover, I think, wick, wick, brilliant in the rover, and he's got the king coming out soon as well, which is um, uh, directed by David Michaud. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Joel Edgerton, Lily yeah. Rose Depp, Ben Mendelsohn, big fan of that. So he's, and of course he's got Tenet, like you mentioned, Christopher Nolan. The man's in demand, but I watched an interview, the the actual interview where he spoke about this. It's so hard to imagine Robert Pattinson being the Batman with how he came across in that film because he's a he's a very sort of well spoken, theatrically trained British actor, not like me. But um, his and his voice, I was thinking, how is he going to lend himself to Bruce Wayne and the Batman? But he's going to do it. He's I, he's such a good actor that a chameleon. He really is a chameleon of an actor that I have no doubts whatsoever. I thought interesting that he said it took a lot of convincing as well just to get Matt Reeves to actually consider him for the role. Yeah, Matt Reeves took then- the prodding. That he doesn't need to do that, you know. Arpat, you know, he's made his money. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's gonna be okay forever with the Twilight Saga, like I'm sure. And he's doing great work on all the indie stuff, and you know they don't make as much money, but I'm sure he's getting a good salary from it. Uh, the fact that he put this much effort to getting the role it's makes me even more excited. Yeah, yeah, and he 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 also said he was furious that the the rumor actually leaked out because he thought it was going to affect his chance of mm-hmm. getting the role because online lots of people were up for it but then there were others who just saw the sparkly vampire and thought the hashtag yeah. not my batman and all that rubbish as per and he kind of thought that this would actually derail his chances but mm-hmm. i think this is a great um casting decision i'm glad that he actually came out and spoke about it not an awful lot but just what he said was interesting now he was with christopher nolan of all people the day he found out he got the job I mean, he couldn't really. Oh, that's right. He couldn't really uh, time that any better. And interesting enough, in the interview, he kind of he was asked about. Um, he 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 mentioned Wacken Phoenix in Joker. He hadn't seen the film, but he kind of mentioned Wacken Phoenix, and he kind of went like, "Oh, oh shoot!" Or want for a better word, saying he's you know he probably should probably shouldn't talk about uh, Wacken Phoenix's Joker. Actually, probably should just hold off on that. Uh, and lots of people have suddenly speculated there's going to be a, a, a film between the two of them. I can't see that happening, but Pattinson no. and Phoenix together, yes, please. I would yeah, love yeah. that. In any film, Batman, Joker or not, just get those two together. But no, I, I'm really interested to hear what uh, Robert Pattinson said, and I can't wait to see him in the suit and doing whatever the film was about. He said it goes into something from the comics that hasn't really been done before. So I'm all in for this, and it, it, Robert Pattinson's only making himself uh, a bigger star and I think this is a great choice for him. And just fin- fi- finally, just to hear a confirmation, as the Batman fan here, you're still good with Robert Pattinson? Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And again, I think I learned a lesson from Heath Ledger casting. Definitely. Because most of us were apprehensive, and I love that character. And honestly, Batfleck was uh, really negative, harsh back. And while I don't love the movies he's in, I don't blame Affleck for that mm. at all. I actually, there are parts of the Batman character I like that he did. Um, I like the look. I like that they went with kind of the Dark Knight Rises, um, not Dark, wait, Return, Dark Knight Returns, excuse me, uh, look to the character. Mm. 
in in the the Snyderverse. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Reeves is going to do. So let's let's bring it on. We we probably spent too much time talking about that one. So let's. Yep. I think we can power through the next couple. We probably can. I mean, let's... certainly this next one. This one's this one's an interesting. We're talking. It seems to be a a clown prince heavy show. Joker is being tipped to top Venom's box office total. Not the worldwide gross. Just the October opening, um, eighty point two million Venom uh, gross in its opening weekend went on to do eight hundred fifty million plus worldwide. Mm-hmm. Joker is tracking seventy to ninety five million world, uh, worldwide. Sorry, as a uh, opening weekend, sorry, which still seems fairly high to me. But the good reviews and the hype which Venom didn't have, Joker has got. It's not going to hurt its chances. For me, I'm going to say that ninety million would be the utter absolute maximum joker's going to make because as much as you've got the ip you've got the hype you've got everything else going around it i still can't see this joker movie making any more than 90 million world uh, as an opening weekend figure i might be wrong sorry uh, but you know domestically 90 million i think is the ceiling for this film but interesting that it, they're, they're they're thinking that this film which nobody thought it would do i was anticipating this film all year i did, I, I could have seen like a 50 million dollar weekend being quite being quite an achievement but 90 million they're saying so what do you think man i you know um i'm all for it is that is it like is it being compared to Venom because they're both like villain led origin well, stories uh, Venom, the... Venom's October record uh, October Hall opening weekend was the record for an October opening weekend, basically. So the okay. 80.2 million that Venom made on its opening weekend, that's the highest for any October opening. And they're but saying Joker's going to take it. You have two villain origin yeah, stories where true. they are separated from their hero counterpart in both of these movies, right? Like there's no Batman, there was no Spider Man no in Venom. Um, so there's a lot of weird similarities between these two films and um, hopefully not a trend that we're going to continue getting. Like, are we just going to get like every villain's like origin movie? Like, is there going to be like a Luther and it's going to be Lex Luthor's story with no Superman. So for some reason, he's just a politician. Jesse Eisenberg's um, back. Oh, God. Uh, and I like Eisenberg. So <laughs> sorry, but not so much as Luther. Um, not so much as Mark Zuckerberg playing Lex <laughs> Luthor. Um, but yeah, uh, I you know, I guess sure like you know what i mean like I, there's not much i don't care if it does better than venom like Man. it's i want it i want it to do well but it's it's a weird time it's not a blockbuster time period like venom was that was a big surprise because it came out in a weird time you know the dumping ground almost for a blockbuster level you know a villain that's mm-hmm. beloved almost as i wouldn't say as much as the joker but there is definitely a fandom for venom yeah, yeah. you know um if you want proof of look up topher grace's venom and all the harsh criticisms out there accurate but harsh nonetheless um because he's a beloved character and like you said this movie is getting way better buzz from critics than venom but it could be that venom went they kind of especially hardy he really dove into the comic book aspect of it, you know, mm-hmm. like being zany and a little silly. This movie's going the opposite direction and it's playing more for like a crime drama. It's more like an art that, house flick at times. Yeah, and that might be what makes its box office dip. Um, but it's still the Joker and people love the Joker. So I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm going to see it opening weekend. So mm-hmm. there you go. Well, I'll put you on the spot then. They are going for 70 to $95 million worldwide. Again, of course, we haven't seen a film but we know it's getting mad hype. On the is, spot, is he, what do you think it's going to be? What, what what would you go for now if you had to for a for opening, opening weekend? weekend? 
man. Um, it's opening worldwide, like China and everything. Um, I'll just say domestically. Okay, well, that makes the number smaller. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not great at the the guessing game. I'll go. I'm gonna say sixty would be uh my guess. I I think it's. I think 70 to 90 is high. Yeah, I think 90 is far too high. But we've all been wrong before. Yeah, I'd say... Uh, I was going to go back... I'd say 65, because I was thinking 60 in my head. So 60 to uh, 65 million the Bampers are going for. Yep, yep. Uh, you could have gone prices right rules and done like 60. 61. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we think, we think it would do quite well. But a couple of guys who've done very well up next. The Russo brothers have a new film coming out, which I... Is it Mosul? Mosul, yeah. Mosul. Um, and uh, reading the article, um, I, I I like that the Russos are passionate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is uh, apparently they're they self-proclaimed, and I'm quoting the article there, news junkies, um, and they read the news frequently. And this is a based on a real story uh, of an Iraqi SWAT team, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's it sounds really interesting. It's it's going to be in the native language, which is also cool. Uh, it's going to hurt the box office because, uh, at least here in America, because Americans of are averse to subtitles, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. and uh, that's a shame. Um, but it, it is a common thing I think you find, especially for your average moviegoer. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm excited about it. I I am apprehensive. I've only really know the Russos from the Marvel movies. They've made some of my favorite Marvel movies, though. I love Winter Soldier, like, so much. Um, and I, I, I'm I, a big advocate for Endgame and Infinity War. I know some people are on the fence about them or, like, one more than the other. I thought what they w- were able to do with that type of, like, epic storytelling, I thought they did a terrific job, and I was very satisfied with both films. Um, that said, I haven't revisited Endgame yet. I've, I saw Infinity War twice in theaters. I saw Endgame only once. Uh, I haven't even bought it yet. Actually, I just realized that I need to That's buy a it. Surprise! But yeah, it, well, you know, sometimes I got to make other financial decisions. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm in. So yeah. Russo's they they've and I like that they're doing their own studio uh, from which is something because again, it's not they're not saying it's just a production company. In the article, it refers to it as their studio. Yeah, yeah. So unless the reporter is incorrectly uh, equating production company and studio because those are two different things. Um, there's not a lot of directors who can go and start a studio, which says how much Disney paid them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've made they've made a lot of money. I think off yeah. those films. I think they made more off those films than they did when they directed You, Me, and Dupree. Anyway, probably For got sure, them slightly yeah. more clout. Um, yeah, I think this is a I think this is a good idea to do something. Not directing, it, of course. It's Matthew Michael Carnahan's directing, obviously. Um, but they're producing, so it's good to see them going from well, the biggest film of all time. To something a lot smaller, but not just that, something completely different. It's going to be proper boots to the ground, gritty, that G word I don't like. Like you say, it's going to be in the native tongue. So it's going to be authentic. And that's what they said they're striving for, for authenticity. They don't want this to be, you know, some, you know, uh, fly go lucky type thing. They want this to be as authentic as possible and as hard hitting as possible. So, you know. Fair play, good on you. I'm looking forward to them coming out every day with a new story about how uh, how this actually could impact that. Or there was a deleted scene they forgot to add, but they're going to re-release it with 30 seconds more. Um, they seem to be doing that of Endgame every every day. There's a new Russo brothers have something to yeah. say, which is starting to grate on me slightly now. But as for Mosul, yeah, sounds good from what I've heard. It sounds like something I'd like to watch. I do like. I know you're not so hot on war films, but I don't mind. 
I don't mind a good yeah. war film, even though this isn't necessarily a film. It's more like a documentary-style film. But I'm, I'm all up for seeing this. And, I mean, the fact that the Russos are producing is neither here or there for me. But, however, I the fact that they've got their own com- uh, studio, company, sorry, as you say, that now makes me slightly more into it because of the amount of passion they're putting into these projects. Yeah. Fair enough for that one. Next one, next up, another another very quick little one here, but it's interesting on the least because we mentioned it on our last show. It Chapter 2 comes out this weekend. It's had its Rotten Tomato score unveiled. Can I have a drum roll? I don't do drum rolls. There we go. That was the best drum I've ever heard. Currently, uh, <laughs> is that a very decent... Brrrm, 81, 81%. So not too bad compared with chapter one is currently at well currently is at eighty six percent. So they're fairly fairly similar. We mentioned on the last mini so that the original reviews weren't great. A lot of people are coming out disappointed with this film. However, in recent days, more reviews have come out, more people have seen it, which have been far more positive. A lot of people are still saying that the long runtime is a slight issue. Well, is a big issue. Did it need to be this long? Apparently not. However, for all the disappointing reviews that came out originally. 81% still isn't bad, and I'm going to go and see it in a couple of days' time, so I'll hopefully be able to give it a thumbs yeah. up to it. Um, I I really like the first one. Um, it is, I am fairly confident, with the exception of The Shining, my favorite Stephen King adaptation. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure. Now, keep in mind, I've never read a single Stephen King book, so I have no frame of reference outside That's of the enough, movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, even though Stephen King himself does not. He doesn't like that, no. Uh, and his, his yeah, TV um, version wasn't very good. As a kid, I saw it, and I liked it, and I recently, like, within the last... I think after it, they started replaying, like, all of the stuff yeah. on TV and stuff. And um, I tried to rewatch it, and I got, like, ten minutes, and I'm like, this is so it's, bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's real bad. Then you got um, Misery and the Green Mile. Uh, yeah, and again, not, I'm not saying they're not other good movies out there i have i'm just throwing secret, stuff at you now i haven't seen the green mile um it's on my gap list great I'll, I'll get to it at some point um i own it like many movies <laughs> yeah. uh, but um you know i like carrie you know yeah. I, i'm not saying there's not other good movies but I, I saw yeah. it twice in theater uh, it, it definitely hit at the right time because I think that was right after I just watched Stranger Things and it was like it fed that same kind of tone, especially obviously Stranger Things pulls from it into a degree. But the fact that they updated it to be in the 80s instead of the 50s uh, definitely made it feel more like Stranger Things in yeah, that way. Amblin feel, uh, yeah. yeah. And yes, yes. Uh, the well, a very dark version of <laughs> <Yeah>. Amblin, right? <laughs> um, but I, I really liked it. So I'm super excited for two. I, I am. I'm cooling heavily on jessica chastain like i don't think she's as good as maybe after dark phoenix yeah yeah oh god that performance was so brutal and she's done some other like some movies she's really great in like i thought she was really good in molly's game Mm -hmm. i I like her in interstellar um i just watched zero dark 30 i think she's solid i don't think it's bad i don't think she's amazing um but i don't know if she'll fit right i am a huge bill Hader fan though i actually i think he's in my He's approaching my top five actors. Like, I, I just have so much faith in what that dude can do. Like, he can – I think he's a chameleon, and he's always great in any role. Um, I don't know if you've seen his HBO series, Barry. No, I haven't. Uh, I've only seen season one. I've heard season two is phenomenal as well, but his performance in season one is so good. Um, I just really, really like Bill Hader a whole lot. So I was thrilled when they cast him. Um, I obviously uh, – 
I always I'm gonna screw up his name. What's the the main guy's name? Uh, from Split. Uh, um, James McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy. I was like, he's on the tip of my tongue. Could not pull it. Uh, uh, he's, I mean, to me, while people mock Glass, I thought his performance in Glass was phenomenal. He's excellent. Yeah, um, I, I could, I still can't get over it. like, especially when you compare his performance from Split, which was also great. But every time he changes personalities in Split, it's off camera. In Glass, he changes them with the camera on him. Yeah. Like you see the change too. It's a physical change in his demeanor and his body language. The dude's phenomenal. So those two guys being in it. Uh, chapter two make me very excited but um i i don't know that i want to sit in the theater for three hours on on thursday night <laughs> you know what i mean i like, hear that man um uh, I'm, I'm a little anxious about that something else that made me slightly more anxious L- live breaking news on the bamp it chapter two is actually at 71 percent on rotten tomatoes it's taking mm. a big nosedive empire magazine great british magazine five out of five doesn't happen Ooh. very often Rotten Tomatoes, wow. very divisive. And The Guardian over here gave it two out of five. It's, it's a bit old. I guess it depends. I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what you want from the film. Because I think the diehard It fans are going to love this film. And I really was a massive fan like you of the first film. I am confident I'm going to come out and think this film is going to you know, rock. I think it's yeah. going to be a bit too long. I think it's going to drag in places. But I'm confident that I'm going to enjoy this film. But I am not surprised because, again, I haven't seen the film. But the seventy-one percent, and the, obviously the that number is falling, does kind of yeah. s- surprise me. It doesn't make me any more anxious for it, but it does kind of warrant slight concern. Yeah, I mean that's a big because the article says eighty-four yeah, and, or eighty-one, right? It's done dropped by ten percent in 10%. literally in about twenty-four hours, if that. So yeah, um, there's going to be hate for it too, and, and again, I think uh, there's always room for like. The the stuff with the kids, I think, is the most compelling part of it. That was it. always the best part. Yeah, so the fact that we split it, while it made sense, because you wanted it to flow differently, in, since it wasn't going to be like a miniseries, mm-hmm. um, it made sense to split it the way they did, but it also is like, but can you make the adult stuff compelling enough? Um, and I know there are going to be some cutbacks to the kids, but it's not going to be nearly as much as it would have been if we were doing it the way the book did it, or if we did it the way the i think overrated tv movie like tim yeah, curry tim curry Fantastic. steals that and that's the yes. kids the kids are okay like the, the actual kid half of it is fine seth green seth green <laughs> yeah seth green it's painful to watch but the first half is better yeah but so yeah it, it's gonna be it's gonna be questionable if it'll work but i hope so i am curious i've not read the book but i know enough about the book if they're gonna bring up the turtle um i think they I, will I think they opted out of it. They meant that it was in the first film. There is, I think there's like a Lego turtle or something in the background, which is when I say in the background, it's it's quite like noticeably there, but it's not alluded to at any point, but that might've just been a fun Easter egg, I think. So yeah, uh, we'll have to see if that's going to become a major part. Um, That's where it went a bit odd. Yeah. So yeah, it went, it's gone up to 72%, but sorry, by now it's it's gone up by 1% in the last two set, two minutes. So we got a lot of reviews just popping up suddenly, but um, yeah. so okay. Um, the last news thing is a small news thing, but I think it's worth bringing up. I watched recently a film called The Fanatic, uh, and I watched it because mm-hmm. I was a Limp Biscuit fan um, in the '90s and into the 2000s, and admittedly so. If they released a new album, I would probably listen to it um, because I have a connection to the music. It was a it was a life changing 
experience for me when I found $3 bill, y'all. It opened up my eyes in ways that I would never have expected. So I have an allegiance to Fred Durst that I, I, when I was offered the opportunity to see this movie, even though I've not seen his other two directorial films, um, I was like, why not? Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll get a chance to interview Fred Durst. That would be really cool for me. Um, I've not had that opportunity, and I, after my review, I don't know that he would want me to interview him because uh, it's real bad. But the news article is the uh, – it's not about Durst. It's about the star of the film, John Travolta, um, and this being his lowest-grossing film of all time. Uh, I think just $3,000 um, is the number uh, that it's made in the box office. Now, to be fair, it is a super limited release. It is not a wide release by any means, but after Gotti and now this – the question has, is being asked, should Travolta just hang it up? Um, he's hitting, you know, this is a guy who I, I kind of think we've overhyped him as a film star, to be honest. Like, when you really look at his career, he's had a lot of crap. Um, but he's got those iconic roles that people associate with him that I think make us, like, elevate him as a star. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, he's got Grease and then he's got Pulp Fiction. But Pulp Fiction was a revitalization of John Travolta, who yeah. had kind of faded off. So I, I think maybe we've made him bigger than he is. Because a lot of his movies are kind of crappy. Like, people like Michael. People, people like Phenomena. Uh, there are people who like Wild Dogs. Uh, or Wild... Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. There it is. Wild Dogs, Wild Hogs, whatever. Uh, people like General's Daughter and things like that. But it, they're not, like, everybody likes movies. They're They're, like they have a fandom and it's probably people who like Travolta. This movie, I don't think Travolta is particularly bad. I think the character that is written is, is a shame because it is a, a, clearly a depiction of someone on the autistic spectrum. And the movie frames them as someone we should be afraid of, which if you remember Ben Affleck's, the accountant yes. a few years ago, yeah, yeah. that was the big the premise that people were, were throwing out there is like, should we trust like should a movie like this exist where people are already not super familiar with autism and then you're like, oh, an autistic person would be a great assassin. Or in this case, an autistic person is an obsessive person, uh, individual who could become dangerous if not given what they want. And that is not a perception that should be attached to a, a very like there's a, a high percentage of people with autism in, in our in our country alone. Um, just like in my years of teaching, I've taught several students that are on the spectrum and there's varying degrees. And so I am uh, again, the movie never outright says that he is autistic. But if you are familiar with the disorder, it does seem pretty straightforward that that's what they're going for. And it's super problematic as a result. Um, and it's also not a, like a great film anyways. But uh, yeah, it, it it's just something to bring up. Um, I know you haven't seen it, Matt, but I wanted to just throw that out there uh avoid it if you can yeah i'm john travolta is not a big draw for me i I, the the films you mentioned saturday night fever grease pulp fiction wonderful i even enjoyed hairspray to an extent but yeah um yeah travolta is the movie star he's not an act he's not he's not an actor if you will that's also been levied at someone like harrison ford where he's a movie star rather than like a thespian but Harrison Ford pulls it off. Harrison Ford is, you know, he's Harrison Ford. He gets the roles, he pulls people in, and he has got range. Not to say John Travolta hasn't, but yeah, he has, he's, the dude has suffered an awful lot in his career, certainly in recent years. And of course, we all remember his uh, 
his uh, Battlefield Earth, all that uh, coming. That probably was like the death of his career. Ever since then, it hasn't really got any better. I have no interest in seeing the fanatic. Certainly not after what John said. I have heard that you know John Travolta's performance. People have said hey, actually it's not too bad, but the film apparently is awful. So yep, I'm going to give that a big old miss. Thank you for that, John. Yep. And the yep. uh, final part of the show is what we call off script. So we talk about things which aren't about movies, but kind of tie in in some way. So it's TVs, uh, TV series or uh, books we've seen, any other podcasts we've heard we want to give shout outs to. Anything that's adjacent to films. Uh, And obviously this month, in the last uh, few weeks as the last show, D23 uh, was uh, happened. Obviously Disney's uh, main convention, which for me stole the convention circuit this year. I think it absolutely blew the rest out of the water. And the main things that came out of it were the Disney Plus announcements. So, uh, first up, John, what did we get? Well, the the thing I think all Star Wars fans have been drooling over, uh, the possibility of Ewan McGregor back in the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, arguably the best thing that comes out of the prequels is that version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. And w- when Disney started the spinoffs, that was something we all wanted, was the Obi-Wan movie. It was dropped, especially, I think, after Solo. They kind of dropped all of those standalone films. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, here we go. We're going to get an Obi-Wan TV series. Still unnamed as of now, um, but Ewan McGregor's on board, and I, I'm I'm excited. I hope they do it right. I really, like, I am, I'm, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like they could easily screw that up because it's one of those things where sometimes less is more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we think we want more. But what if more is boring? You know, <laughs> like, that's it. But I'm I'm hopeful for it. So I, I'm on board. So we mentioned on Star Wars sessions in the last week that the big problem with this is whilst we're all dead chuff excited for it, what if it's a bit boring? That's the only problem. Mm-hmm. If it's too deep and introspective, and in fact, it's not that good. I can't see that happening in a million miles. But you know, one percent chance of it. I was dead ch- excited to hear this. I was actually up watching all the panels I, I i mentioned before i'm not entirely sure what i was doing up because it's about half one two in the morning but i was up and i saw the buzz online for all this stuff that's dropping not just for star wars what we're going to get into shortly as well so i put on the feed and i was like wow disney are killing it with all of these announcements and of course obi-wan short but sweet announcement about a minute with kathleen kennedy on stage but that's all we needed just to see that great man up on stage again we also got lady in the tramp they dropped the first look at the Lady in the Trap live-action film. Hell, we've spoken about live-action films. We've spoken about them quite recently, especially ones involving yep. big animals, The Lion King. And Disney. In Disney. Didn't do great, The Lion King. Lady in the Trap, I tell you what, it looks cute, if anything. It looks really cute. The dog, they, they even got the dogs out on stage at D23. And and they're real dogs, though. That, these are not Yeah, CG these aren't dogs. CG augmented. They are real. This, this is a live-action film. This isn't a CGI yeah. helped assisted film. These are real dogs who yes. came out of stage and they now, look like the dogs from the Lady in the Trap. I like this kind trailer. Of. It's a different we, dog. They are it, it, I, the, the, the them, guy dog. Seeing them sat next to each other, I immediately clocked on to what this was. It was Lady. It, it, it just sparked the vibes. I thought the trailer was fun. Of course, it ended on the money shot. We all know the, the spaghetti scene. Hell, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see this just for the. Just for the sort of dog rom com feels. So, uh, did you what did yeah. you think of this trailer though? Eh, I you eh. know it's it's fine. Um, I I liked Lady and the Tramp as a kid. I don't like have any real desire to revisit it as an adult. Um, I I don't know. Like, I guess I'm kind of spent on the dog as lead character movies. <laughs> like, there's a lot of them. Like, there's 
um, the Homeward Bound, like when we were kids, Bite there was Hunting. all the Benji movies. Uh, and yes, yeah, some talk, some don't. Um, sometimes their mouse moves. This one, their mouth is moving. I don't know. Do you know if they CG'd the mouths? Is that like... Uh, I'm not sure the that? dog spoke, so I'd imagine they did, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean... <laughs> no, I think they did, yeah, which, how that well, works. Because, yeah, yeah, I remember, like, Mr. Ed, back when yeah, we yeah. were, like, I mean, way before we were kids, you know, but w- I watch reruns, they used, like, peanut butter to get the horse's mouth sure, like, open and closed, just... but this definitely looked like there was more articulation to the mouth than just <laughs> yeah. open and closing. It's since the peanut butter days. But you know, I didn't even – I never watched the, the 101 Dalmatians live-action adaptation, which I often forget exists. Um, and is, is Meryl Streep – no, who's Glenn Emma Close? Stone. Oh, though, sorry. Right? Yeah, Emma Stone's in the new com- upcoming one, yeah, but it was, it was Glenn Close, yeah. Yeah, and oh, – God, I forgot they were doing another – because it's just Cruella She's called Cruella. She's right? like punk rock Cruella. Yeah, I – Looks um, a little Helena Bonham Carter, actually, but – Yeah. It looks, she looks, she I, looks like her. Sorry, yeah. I'm I'm kind of done um, with the live action stuff, anyways. I, I'm not saying I won't watch it. I am planning on getting Disney Plus because of all the Star Wars content and the Marvel content. Um, but this isn't one that sold me on. Like, if this was the only thing they brought, I'd be like, "So why am I getting Disney Plus?" Oh yeah, Star Wars. Spot on, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. But um, and which leads us to the Mandalorian trailer. Um, I again, when the rumor started, Boba Fett solo movie was one of the things that were on hype. And I would say more so than like our fear of Obi-Wan, Boba Fett's story, what they did in the prequels did not help the character, right? Like <laughs> uh, it didn't make him more beloved by any means. Um, he's still one of the coolest in the armor. And now I know this is not Boba Fett, right? Like this is just another. Yeah, yeah. Just a Mandalorian warrior or somebody yeah, who dons the armor, yeah. Which I think is smart um, because, again, sometimes if you dive too much into a backstory of a character and we find out that. You got your nickname or your what we thought was your surname from a, a jerk at an airport. It's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's probably better off that this is a new character in the in the armor that is so cool, right? Like that's Boba Fett became a major character simply because he looked so cool. That's pretty much what he does. And and so this armor looks cool. I'm intrigued by the trailer. Um, yeah, that's I'm, I'm in. Uh, and also, I I am a John Favreau fan, despite the Lion King. Um, I, I tend to root for him and, uh, he just seems like a likable guy to me. I don't know, but he seems like happy from Spidey. He seems like that's yeah. what he's like all the time other than trying or, on with Marissa Tomei. I don't remember his character's name in Swingers, but like the nervous kind of like phone call scene in Swingers, that kind of is the vibe I get from Favreau. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. you know, that he's just on edge, but he cares and that I like that he cares. That's one of the things I don't think you can put past even with Iron Man two, um, like you can tell he he is invested in making content that not oh, yeah. only he likes but that the fans are gonna like and that makes me excited for a Star Wars thing that he's coming at it with this I'm gonna make something that you'll like hope mindset again you may not like it but he's trying to give you something that he thinks you'll enjoy and I'm on board for that yeah and John Favreau's voiced Mandalorians in the Clone Wars animated series he's oh fairly entrenched within the Mandalorian culture if you will if you if you like all the lore um so That's Favreau's cool. dead into this and he and he actually pitched this idea he wanted to do a show about this kind of gun-toting Mandalorian like western um Serge Leone type vibe and this trailer gave me so much yes and it's and I and it not just the whole it's not just a uh, blindsided by the IP, but I thought the trailer was excellent. I really did think it was great. 
I thought Pedro Pascal, I think he looks like he's going to nail the role. The action in it, it looked like what we wanted. I mean, some guy gets sliced in half by a door in the coolest way. I mean, that's, I loved all that. I like, I like the fact that he, the Mandalorian didn't say anything. Werner Herzog, I like the fact that they even managed to get Werner Herzog in it in the first place. Um, yeah. I, I imagine, I think he's only got a small role in it, but all the characters are, Andy Carl Weathers, man, they got Apollos in there. Um, all of the actors who are in it look to be great. Everyone else will be having a good time behind the scenes. I cannot wait for Disney Plus to drop. But of course, over here in the UK, we have to wait five months. So let's see how well that goes, Disney. Um, but no, I thought <laughs> I thought this was fantastic. And we mentioned that some other studios were dropping bombs. Marvel, they weren't going to go to D23 and leave us empty-handed. I'm going to run through quickly a list of what they dropped. Black Panther, they gave us a release date for May 2022. We got the Eternals. I know we're going to probably, John will probably speak more about that cast, especially one of the guys who's in it. We've got more yeah. information about the Eternals. We've got to see who, who's in it and what they look like. We've got a trailer for Black Widow, the Scarlett Johansson-led prequel, even though we may know what happens to her character if you've seen Endgame. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, we knew we were getting that anyway, but we've got more news on that. One, the uh, For me, the despicably titled One Division. I really don't like that title, One Division. I hate it so much. Thank you. That got a lot more uh, information. It's going to be apparently it's going to be pretty slapstick, which worries me. We also got, oh. uh, we knew Loki was getting his own series. This this intrigues me. The Marvel's What If project, which I talk, yes, mentioned that in a second. Um, Jeremy Renner's getting his own show, Hawkeye. Miss Marvel's getting a series. Um, Moon Knight, which has got an awful lot of people excited. Is getting an original series, and finally, She Hulk was announced for a series as well. So, uh, John, uh, as to comic did book you buff, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I'm not, I'm more on board for the new series that aren't pulling characters from the Avengers. Yeah, movies. yeah, that's exactly um, what I said. Yeah, like I, I don't, I'm, I'm probably most interested in the, in the um, Falcon and Bucky mm-hmm. because I feel like Endgame gave them a place to start. Where everything else is going to be like either off time, like where it's like before Endgame, which I don't know that I'm in for that. WandaVision. Um, WandaVision, which I, every time I hear it, I think WonkaVision. Um, I just think cringe. And, yeah, it's not a good name. And the Loki, I, I like Loki a lot. I like Tom Hiddleston, but I, I feel like we can move on. Like, And I don't know that we need the series. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm more excited to see the She-Hulk series. I really hope they go procedural because the character is traditionally a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love for it to be like Law and Order, like type, you know. But then she's She Hulk, um, <laughs> and she goes green. Uh, Moon Knight um, is the Marvel Batman kind of counterpart. Yeah. Um, I don't, I haven't read much on him, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on board to see what they do with it. Miss Marvel is the newest character that's getting a series because while it's connected to Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers to a degree. Uh, she is, um, I believe, Indian, uh, which is, you know, so mm-hmm. we're going to get some ethnicity, which is really cool. Uh, she, I th- I think there's a lot. Like, they they made the character in Marvel now, uh, which has been a very, you know, forward progressive type movement in the Marvel Universe where they're trying to get more diversity on the pages, which is awesome. So yeah, seeing her get a series is really, really cool. Um, I hope they cast correctly. I hope they don't whitewash the character. That would be Scarlett Johansson is playing Miss Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I think it could be really cool. What I've seen of the character, she she became almost instantly beloved in the the comic world. From what I know, I've not read any of her books. I have a little bit of knowledge of the character through some games and stuff. Um, but I'm definitely on board for those three shows more so 
than the the continuation of the characters from the Avengers. Because again, either their stories were, are done and we're just backpedaling to get them more stuff, or again, I think with like I think with Falcon and Bucky or whatever it's called, um, there you know there where Endgame ends without I won't bring up any spoilers, even though at this point. How have you not seen that movie? <laughs> um, they have a place to begin that is a very compelling story. Now, the, I don't know for sure that it is taking up right after that. I assume it is, but it could also be where, like, we're getting these, like, side exploits between, like, Civil War or whatever. I hope not. Um, I hope it's picking up right where we left off in Endgame with their stories. Because I think they have stories that could be compelling and, and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you mention the Hawkeye one? I did, yeah. Renegades his own series. I almost forgot that one. I'm excited about that one because I like Hawkeye. I, I'm I'm kind of an advocate for the Archer the, like heroes. I like Green Arrow as well in DC. Um, and I know they kind of and Batman too gets mocked because they don't have powers, but that's what makes them so like amazing because they they are able to keep up with the other people around them despite their humanness. Um, and this one with Kate Bishop being included, I, I'm intrigued. Um, they could go like because one of the I think the more recent Hawkeye run of books that were really popular had more of like a, a James Bond esque like vibe to them. Cool. Um, so if they went that route too, that could be really interesting. But I, I I'm not super familiar with the the. I've always been more of a DC comic book reader, with the exception of Spider Man and X Men. Um, so I am less familiar with a lot of the Marvel books, but I know enough about the characters. I, I'm I'm on board for most of these shows. Yeah, the the what if one I thought that was sounded wicked. Yes. That's an animated series, but it it's, is. And for those who don't know, it's going to take a look at the important moments from the MCU, but play it out from an alternative scenario. So a dip. So yep. what if something else happens? So the first episode of what if Peggy Carter was the one who became a super soldier, and what if Steve Rogers had stayed just a scrawny young kid, but joined the fight with an armored suit built by Howard Stark. So fun, Ooh. yeah. So it's it's not canon, and if you will, but it's just a fun way of of looking at it. And all Jeffrey of the Wright, yeah, that's the it. voice of the Watcher. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, man. All of the sorry, so no, that's cool. All of the main actors for, are coming back pretty much. So what this also shows to me, all of these like these lineups and series, and Star Wars, Marvel, whatever, Disney aren't messing around because every single actor, pretty much, in all of these shows are on big bucks. You know, talking financially for that minute. Yes, they'll have a con- in their contracts or have whatever weaved in, but you know, they're g- some of these people will be on movie star salaries. Hugh McGregor isn't going to come cheap anymore. You know, they're going to get him for eight, uh, for an eight uh, episode run. Tom Hiddleston, you know, his his, his stock has only risen. Jeremy Renner, uh, Steve Rogers, uh, um, obviously uh, Elizabeth Olsen, and the guy who plays Vision, who's I can't think of his name right now, Paul Bettany. They're all going to get beyond big money, so you know they're not messing around with the talent they're getting. So I'm I'm pleased to see that they're if they're going to open this, they're going to do it right. They're not coming out the gate straight away. A lot of these series will be available in year one or year two, but by the end of year one, they're going to have a substantially more than they did on day one, which which excites me, especially the caliber of shows, even the ones like One Division, which I think sound pretty bad. It could end up being great, but you know, there's the, the the passion they're pouring in, the dedication, and the star power and the talent speaks volumes. Not that I'd expect any less, but I'm glad to see that they're not they are not uh, differentiating between the films by the looks of it and the TV series, especially when things like One Division uh, is going to tie into, I believe, Doctor Strange. I think the next upcoming Doctor Strange film, Miss Marvel, 
Apparently she's she, she's starting on the small screen. Kevin Feige's already already confirmed she's get she's coming. She's going to be in the MCU movies, and I'd imagine the others will as well. But um, I'd imagine there's one guy in the Eternals. I'm pretty sure you're glad to see up on that stage. Kamel Nanjani. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm a big big fan of his. I am. Uh, one I gotta say, uh, he was looking pretty buff. Uh, the yeah. Twenty three. Like he's definitely uh, added some muscle for the role. Oh, that t-shirt um, was too small. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> you know, that helps to show off the muscles. Um, yeah, I am a big fan. Uh, I tend to like everything he's attached to, even if it's not great. I like him in it. Um, for proof in point, it would be Stuber from earlier this year. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm. I know nothing about the Eternals. Like I know less about them than almost any other Marvel property to date. Yeah, they look uh, like with, Power Rangers. Yeah, uh, they are some type of like godlike beings if i understand correctly okay. um but I, I i haven't done a lot of digging into them but I, i'm in again because marvel's given me no reason not to be uh they've impressed me with almost everything to some degree yeah i i'm i'm on board for the eternals again i think what they did with guardians uh g- gives us reason to not doubt their choice to use maybe a lesser known property to the the general populace because the guardians were not well-known characters and now they're among the most beloved from the mcu so yep so i'm excited for all of this news and you know what else i'm excited for the bloody awesome movie podcast itself which is coming out imminently we are now in the month of september so we're going to be talking about august in our next run so that's coming out pretty soon but before that drops for those who have listened to this and thought hey that john book sounds like a real dude and if you think that you're dead right. Where can they find you online, mate? At BurkeReviews.com on all your social media. I'm sorry, at BurkeReviews on social media. BurkeReviews.com is where I post all my reviews and other uh, podcast episodes like this one you're listening to now. Yep, you can uh, find me, What I Watch Tonight, across all the socials, and whatiwatchtonight.co.uk for uh, all of my movie reviews, and obviously all Johns are on his site as well. They're posted all over these socials as well. If you want to follow the show, however, on Twitter... Follow it. Love it. We're going to be posting good stuff on there. At BAMP underscore podcast. BAMP for bloody awesome movie podcast. B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And John, I'll put you on the spot. Instagram, where are we? We are, um, crap, I always forget. It's <laughs> uh, it's bloody awesome movie pod. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's it. Yes. Okay, good. Bloody awesome movie pod on Instagram. I forgot. Uh, I need to memorize that a little better. Yeah, bloody awesome movie pod. Confirmed. On yep. Instagram. Follow us, like us, uh, double-click our pictures. Yep, give us some love. And again, subscribe to the show where you can. We'll be dropping this show fortnightly. The BAMP, the BAMP comes out monthly. Uh, and we're also going to be, again, on our socials, we're dropping what we think about films. There'll be more videos on there. So, if you like what you hear, rate and review us. It helps us shout an awful lot. However, until the BAMP drops, until the next mini-sode from me, it's Sia. And from Mr. Burke himself. Keep watching movies. Keep it bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody, 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 blood, blood, bloody.